56 of the Third Down Thursday podcast. Hello, everybody. I'm Egypt Nicole. I'm Iron Board, and I am another year older. Woo! I'm not feeling the woohoo about it. None the wiser. Because <laughs> yeah. you're still here. Yep. You are like literally the youngest person in the entire podcasting community that we have here. Really? Yeah. No, I think when Unchained was still around, I think Polly was a few months younger than me. I think Polly's He's older. Th- I, th- I thought Polly was in his 30s. No, Polly is in the same year as me. Uncle Polly, let me know how old you are. But anyways, I'm Agent Nicole, and I've got some awesome co-hosts. First up, she is the Mistress of Merlot. Team Lannister all the way. She's got the coolest hair in town. Ashes one nightmare. Oh my god! Did you guys watch Game of Thrones on Sunday? <sighs> yes. I can't believe Lady Olena defeated the mountain in single combat. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> she. Spoiler alert. Wah, wah. I'm so excited. Like I don't think I've ever really been super excited for a premiere. No, I of a show. I mean, like I've uh, so back in the day when Walking Dead was kind of good. Like I, you know, looked forward to the start of Walking Dead, and I feel like now I just, I feel like Walking Dead and I have like a really bad relationship. Yeah, like I, I still watch it because I've just devoted so much time to it, but I kind of wish it would end. Walking Dead and I were just we took a few dates and they just didn't go very well. But like me and uh, me and Game of Thrones, we're going strong, mm-hmm. and I was very excited for this first date of uh, season seven. Oh and Patsy's brother actually had a cookout at his house uh, celebrating Game of Thrones and attempted to make some Game of Thrones themed food like Brienne of Tart. <laughs> Valar Witty. more goulash. <laughs> Witty. So, yeah. Uh, I need to get some of that food. And as always, we have our lovely producer, the man with the silkiest voice in town. Johnny Wolfenstein. Have you polled everybody? <laughs> no, no, yeah, I was saving okay. him for last. Oh. No, no, no. Did you poll everyone that I have the silkiest voice? Like, I feel yes, like I did a poll. I feel like some people in this town didn't vote. Well, I mean, like she she polled a couple of people and then just decided that everyone else's opinion just <laughs> yeah didn't, count. didn't matter. Yeah, yeah. she's right, like well, whatever. I, I'll take it. I'm not complaining. So thank you. You're welcome. And we can't forget. Oh yes, we can. Oh, okay. We're going to do that? No, (laughs) No, no, we won't do that. The man with all the science facts, the guy with the big mouth, Patsy the Angry Nerd. That's me. I'm uh, currently, I just posted it uh, back in time on the uh, Throwdown Thursday Facebook group. I just uh, found uh, tentacle dildos that would have been great for uh, like visual aids for our Cthulhu episode. So that's what I was just checking out because science what the fuck? Listen, it's different from a regular dildo because it I can know. reach oh erogenous God. zones in a different way. Okay, like, I don't know with you. Anyways, how you guys doing today? That would be really good for tentacle porn. Hentai. <laughs> are they multicolored? Oh, yeah, like some of them are pink and black. Oh, there's blue. a pink one. Oh, there's a whole bunch. Ooh. Can live up my Cthulhu fantasies. 
I can pretend to be the coon from Coon and Friends. Uh, Mintberry Crunch. Do you guys need a room? We have room. It's called... The no, it's not. Ash just said it wasn't called the Lovenasium. The Sexeteria. Or that. <laughs> it just doesn't sound right. Just That's disturbing. Look at oh, those designer like, colors. That looks like it would reach the G-spot really well. Yeah. That, just, and that looks like it would just latch on and never come out. Well, well, hey, you know. Whatever works it's a party. for you. Oh like our friend Christina... Uh, always says, "Don't yuck someone's yum." There you go. Get a little. Oh, that's kind of cute. You can stick that to your shower wall. <laughs> it's like uh-huh. the Little Mermaid's dildo. <laughs> oh my god! So if you have thingamabobs, I've got twenty. <laughs> you guys are crazy. On a Little Mermaid related note, how come she didn't know the word for feet? Just out of curiosity. Because she doesn't have any. Right, but the crab has feet. The bird has feet. Right? Like, why didn't she know that word? Well, the crab, crab, crab legs. Crab doesn't have, crabs don't have feet. They, they have do. legs. What's like, at no, the no, end no. of their legs? They have, like, it's all just, like, little, like, legs and stuff. The crabs don't have feet. They have, like, little feelers. At the, no, they have, what? You don't eat crab feet. You eat crab legs. Yeah, what's at the end of the leg? It's not hooves. Little, like, shells. Shells. Shells? Yeah, it's all like in a shell, like a little leg shell. And it's funny because lobsters lobsters are actually part of my uh, science fact today, so. So, if you are listening to If you want to be where the people are. Anyways, um, if you are listening to this on iTunes, leave us a five-star review. Please. Let us know what you think of the show by sending an email at throwdownthursdaypodcast at gmail.com. You can reach us on Twitter. You can join us on the Facebook group. Just type in throwdownthursdaypodcast. We'll let you in. Maybe. I will let you in. We're not just going to let everybody in willy-nilly. There is a a vetting process. Is willy-nilly the MacGuffins of this episode? (laughs) No. No, the uh, the 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 Cthulhu, d- the Cthulhu dildos are the uh, are them are the MacGuffins. Okay. Anyways, but you can also let your friends know that they can listen to us on Stitcher, Satchel, Google Play, all the podcasting places, platforms. So today we're going to be talking about one of my absolute favorite characters, Lucy, Lucy Ricardo from the I Love Lucy show that that came out in the fifties. So, before we get into that discussion, there was a question that came about of earlier. Um, what were some of the shows that you watched at Nick at Night? A lot of um, I Love Lucy reruns were on Nick at Night or TV Land. So, around the table, what were some shows that you guys watched? It wasn't so much on Nick at Night, but it was, you know, older shows of that generation. Um Bonanza was one that used to watch that all the time. Uh, actually, it, my dad's name is nickname is Blocker because he looked like uh, Dan Blocker when he was a kid. Dan Blocker played a uh, uh, little little Joe. I think that was his name. I keep wanting to call him Little Dan, but Little Dan was the was one of the no Big Dan and Little Ann. That was from the red, where the red fern grows. One of the most devastatingly sad books I ever read as a child, and I had to read it in fourth grade. If you've never read it, do it, and 
cry because it's so goddamn sad. It's so sad. It's about puppies, and it's so sad. So, but yeah, uh, Gomer Pyle, USMC, used to watch the shit out of that one. Um, never really watched the uh, the other ones. The the, the uh, Andy Griffith. I never really watched that, even though Gomer Pyle was part of that. Like they kind of spun off Gomer Pyle from Andy Griffith. Uh, Twilight Zone, obviously, I watched that all the time. But none of the, the other shows I really I, I couldn't really get into, like Dick Van Dyke. Did you mention Three Stooges? Well, the Three Stooges were like thirty years before that. Three Stooges were like in the thirties. That was never on Nick at Night. Yeah, but still, you watch it. That's kind of like a classic TV show that you watched. Yeah. No, I mean, obviously, you know, the Three Stooges, and, you know, because the Three Stooges are amazing. But, you know, as far as, like, I'm, you know, trying to go with, like, you know, like the I Love Lucy, the Honeymooners, uh, I watch that occasionally. Not enough to, like, you know, quote it like I quote everything else, but stuff like that. I really didn't get into Dick Van Dyke or Bewitched or I Dream of Jeannie. Um, I never really got into those. Brady Bunch, I couldn't really get into. So, uh, but Bonanza all the time because I used to watch it with my dad. He used to make us grits and we'd watch Bonanza. But Bonanza, yeah, <laughs> but Bonanza. <laughs> it was a little risky, a little little risque for uh, an eight year old. But you yeah. know what? You know that was the eighties. Things were a little different. How about you, Ashes? Um, so one that immediately comes to mind is Bewitched, which. Patsy said that he didn't watch, but I did. I love Elizabeth Montgomery. Mm-hmm. I would pretend that, like, I would be her while watching the show mm-hmm. and would try to make my nose move, and I can't do it, so I would take my finger and, like, move my nose. Yeah. You know, like, to make magic happen. Mm-hmm. Um, another show that Patsy didn't watch, but I love, is I Dream of Jeannie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love Barbara Eden. She's adorable. And that show is just great. And I remember at the time, um, I was living down in Texas. So there's an hour time difference between here and Texas. So Nick at Night would come on an hour earlier than you would you would think. Mm-hmm. So I got to stay up and watch it, and it was Bewitched and I Dream of Jeannie, mm-hmm. and it. I, uh, and then I would go to bed, and it was just great. I loved those shows, um, The Monsters. Mm-hmm. I. To this day, still absolutely worship Lily Munster. I think she is just fantastic. The show is great. I still watch it. Adam's Family. That's the other one. Yeah, I was just going to say Adam's Family. Uh, the um, TV show, not the movies, but obviously. Uh, obviously. Um, loved that as well. That was on Nick at Night. They played those shows more or less around like Halloween yeah. time. They would change up the lineup a little bit. Mm-hmm. I also watched a lot of Mr. Ed. I've I've saw a little bit of that. A horse is a, a horse, of course, of, course, of, of course. course. And I am Mr. Ed. Hi, Wilbur. He used to smear peanut butter on his gums to make it look like he was talking. Yeah. I never watched Francis the Talking Mule though. I was like, this is stupid. I'll I just never watch. Heard the of first. that? It's a um, ripoff. And obviously, I Flippers. watched. I watched the. Uh, I did watch Flipper. I loved Flipper. I loved Dolphins. Uh, the Dick Van Dyke show because I loved Dick Van Dyke. Mm-hmm. Um, he was in Mary Poppins, so shocker. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Uh, and the Mary Mary Tyler Moore show. Oh, that was a good. I show. loved it. not that girl, 
But I think that girl was a movie. Was that a movie or was that a show? It might have been a show. I remember. But anyways, um, Mary Tyler Moore. I loved I loved that as well. And Mork and Mindy. Oh, my God. Mork and Mindy. Yes. Nanu, Nanu. I did watch it. But that that's... 80s. Well, I grew up with no that that, that that's more that that's the 70s, late 70s, early. Yeah, it was still on when like, I was a kid, and it was being. Are you sure it was on, or it was was like rerun? It wasn't syndicated because it was on at night. Well, it was definitely on Nick at Night at one point. No, no, no. This was not like Nick at Night, like NBC or CBS or one well, of the I'm, three. I'm networks. saying that we're talking about like classic TV shows that were on Nick. I mean, granted, at this point, like the French Fresh Prince of. Bel Air's yeah. on Nick at Night at this point, yep. and and like my wife and kids, which was on in the early two thousands, yeah, is on. So you know, I digress. But anyways, um, yeah, I just uh, going back to it. Uh, Bewitched was like my all time favorite show at the time. Bewitched and the Monsters. I love the Monsters because I thought they were really weird and they were kind of kooky and they were just and you kooky know, and they're ooky. Well, that's the Adams family. Yeah, but, but they're all the same guys. Um, I don't know. I just I thought the uh, the monsters were funnier than the Adams family. Yeah, I agree. And um, I just I don't know. I just I liked it better. I think I know. I've always why. liked it better. Why? I think I know why. Because you're also a fan of Cersei Lannister. Uh, what's her name? Uh, Lily. Yvonne DeCaller. Carlo. Yvonne Carlo. Yeah, her. Her brother was a werewolf, and her son was also a werewolf. Are you <laughs> Just like the Lannisters. Yeah. Anyways. Why else would a vampire and a Frankenstein's monster have a werewolf as a child? Genetics. No, there's no genetics. Oh, we all have this recessive werewolf gene. Yeah. That's Don't why. look okay, at my wait, brother wait, 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 who's wait, wait. a werewolf. No, 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 no. Because it is possible for a person with brown eyes to with um to mate with a person, another person with mate brown with eyes. with a person. And have a child with blue eyes. I know. It's because they can both carry the recessive gene. So maybe Mr. Monster and Lily Monster both carry the recessive uh, werewolf gene and they had a werewolf, werewolf child. Or she pulled a Lannister and hooked up with her brother. Okay, Agent Nicole, <laughs> um, what are some of your favorites? Um, I mean, aside from I Love Lucy, obviously. Well, yeah. Um, the Honeymooners, Bewitch, I Dream of Genie. Um, out of family, the monsters, Laverne and Shirley. I really enjoyed yes. that. Yes, oh, and Lenny Happy and Piggy. Yes, yeah. <laughs> that and um, Happy Days. I love the that. Fawns. I love Henry Winkler. Um, what else did I watch? That was when I watched Nick at Night. The Jeffersons was around. I watched that. Um, oh, we're moving on up. Yep, we're moving on up. Uh, the Facts of Life. That was kind of interesting i kind of enjoyed it um all in the family my dad was a huge fan of that show and i used to watch that a lot despite all the stuff that happens on that show um there were so many there's right some of these shows are very racist oh yeah (laughs) oh yeah watching them now like watching them you know for nostalgia's sake like oh i used to love this show let me watch it it's like oh Oh, yeah you're like huh they got away with that good like chico in the man when he says people don't listen to you because you're a senior citizen they don't listen to me because i'm a senior citizen yeah yeah yeah. Uh, oh, and a uh, Sanford and Son. I was just gonna say that. <laughs> Shout out to Monster Zero. Ah, oh, what else? The Green Acres. I really enjoyed Green Acres. <gasps> I did watch oh, Jaja Gabor. Oh, Ava yeah. loved her. Is it no, Jaja? it was it was it was, it was, it was, it was, it was 
was, I believe it was Zaza. 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 Did they start off with one and switch to the other? Or did they? I don't know. Okay, hold on. I'm, I'm looking this up right uh, now. What else continue. did I watch? Um, t- the Beverly Hillbillies. I really enjoy that as I a kid. I watched that a couple of times. <sighs> There's just so many shows. A lot of it for me was watching it with my grandfather and my father at the same time and there was it was just it brings a lot of back uh, a lot of memories back for me plus i mean i rather watch a lot of those shows than some of the shows that we have now just some like the comedy the physical comedy that they did back then was just so so i hate to admit it but patsy was right it was ava not jaja Sorry. They're identical twins. It's not like it's difficult. To really? I can't believe that. I thought it was. What did Jaja do? Yeah, that see, was. See, it's, it's Ava. She slapped Ava a cop Gabor. one time. It's one of the Gabors. The G- <laughs> I thought the they swapped them out back and forth. Back I really day. did. Back in the day, they swap it. Um, there's so. I don't know. There's too many shows to name. I can't think of it off the top of my head. But for me, and we'll talk about it, is I Love Lucy. It just. It was something that. We'll talk about it more, but... So what are some of the um, classic TV Nick and I shows that you guys out there watch? Let us know. Hit us up on the Facebook page. Yeah, because we want to know what you guys used to watch. Because, you know, we're going to do some, you know, uh, 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 listener appreciation shows. So if there's somebody that you used to watch and it's a show that's near and dear to your heart, let us know. And we'll talk about it. Maybe we'll even have you on as a guest. You know, so you can talk about it with us and share your love of your characters. And on that note, we're going to take a break and we'll come back. We'll, we've got some explaining to do and we'll talk about Lucy Ricardo. Trick or Treat Radio is a phantasmagorical spin kick straight through the heart of pop culture, navigated by the Deadites. We are the world's greatest electroshock band, we destroy monsters, we drink booze, and we win championship belts. If you're not listening to Trick or Treat Radio, here's a taste of what you've been missing. There's three guarantees in life. What are they? Death, taxes, and Trick or Treat Radio every Friday morning. This is one of the most convoluted movies I've ever seen in my life. I'm fucking trying, man. Hi, hi, hi. Oh, yeah. Hey, hey, hey. Oh, yeah. It's like you took a shit on a pile of shit. But you shit on him right. for liking what he likes. Yeah, well, it's my job. This podcast is now banned in Germany. <laughs> it's me, Giovanni Lombardo Radici. Shut up. I call bullshit. I demand someone to bring me the face of Lindsay Okay. If I had genitals, I would definitely bang her. Oh, wait. Is she a great big fan person? You just hit the jackpot. This is a weird movie, huh? It had action. It had suspense. It had great characters. It had great acting. I'm going to strangle you with my jockey shorts. I don't like mobster movies. All right, well, here's my take. You're a sick fuck. Thank you. Now shut the fuck up and let me talk. Have you ever seen 2001? The okay. box, right? The box and the monkey. Available on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and TrickOrTreatRadio.com. Arrivederci. Deuce bad eggs. Hi, this is Samantha Newark, the voice of Jem and Jerrica from the original Jem and the Holograms cartoon series, and you are listening to Throwdown Thursday on the Grand Guineal Network. We're back, and I have something stuck in my throat. <laughs> your throat Sorry. or your head? <coughs> throat. 
You okay? Yep, I feel like I have like something stuck in there. Hold on, sorry. Maybe tone down on the vodka there. It's not yeah. vodka. I wish it was. Um, anyway, sorry about that, everybody. So, are you guys ready for this lovely discussion that we're about to have? Yes. Uh, sure. <laughs> is there multiple choice? <laughs> okay, I, I can see the excitement. So, anyways, we're going to be talking about one of my absolute favorite characters, Lucy Ricardo from the um, I Love Lucy show. So, before we get to the show, there's a lot of backstory to how I Love Lucy and Lucy Ricardo came about. So, in 1948, a sh- uh, CBS radio uh, created a an hour time an hour one time special called My Favorite Husband which featured Lucille Ball. Before she became radio famous, she was the queen of the bees, mostly not being able to get a lot of like the starring roles like like Judy Garland or Catherine Hepburn at the time, but she was just a lot of the films from the B-frame. Um, so because of the hour show that happened on July 5th, 1948, she, um, they were really excited about the response. So from that, they decided to create My Favorite Husband. And for about 142 episodes, CBS decided, why not? We'll just make this into a television show. So there was some kind of, you know, restrictions. Lucille Ball wanted to have her husband, Desi Arnaz, a part of the show, mainly because they had been married for about almost uh, 10 years and she barely got to see her husband. So she decided, you know, I'll do the show if my husband could be my um, partner in crime. Yes. Well, not only that, I heard that uh, Mr. Arnaz had quite the wandering eye. Mm hmm. And she was a little concerned Mm -hmm. and their marriage was on the rocks. Mm -hmm. And so she kind of pitched the show as like an attempt to save it. Yep, that's correct. Um, She they had a rocky marriage. They had met a couple of months before eloping in Connecticut in the 1940s, which a lot of their the backstory story of the Ricardos is based on their real life. Um, You're correct. Desi Arnaz had a wandering eye and he was often touring around and was barely at home so she really wanted you know this was a perfect way of keeping him close to home so that she could keep basically an eye on him Mm -hmm. and cbs was really reluctant about having that happen because during that time interracial relationships weren't very you know promoted and so cbs said you know if, if this is a success we'll do it so they went on vaudeville, did some some acts on um, Desi Arnaz's like group tour, and a lot of people loved it. So, in October 15, nineteen fifty one, I Love Lucy premiered, and it ran for one hundred and eighty one episodes, including a lost episode and an original pilot episode. So, it went from October 15, nineteen fifty one, to May 6, nineteen fifty seven. Um, when she was doing the radio show, My Favorite Husband, a lot of um, the writers on the show realized that she was she performed better with comedy when she had an audience. And a lot of um, this show, before we get into Lucy, Lucy Ricardo, this show pioneered a lot of um, how television was made at that time. They did a multi-camera 
setup, which was not really heard of at that time. They did the filming location in Los Angeles when a lot of the filming for any television show was during in New York City. Um, and Lucy had a full control of the whole um, production. Her and her husband had Desilu Production, which was their uh studio company and they kind of controlled a lot of how things were run how things were done with um scripts and um of everything that was going on but um so lucy was a uh, lucy ricardo was the brainchild of jesse Oppen- oppenheimer who was the writer of my favorite my favorite husband and also for I Love Lucy he wanted to change the character a little bit so in the radio show Liz which was Lucy's character on the radio show she was kind of sophisticated a socialite um, the wife of a famous banker but Oppenheimer decided to change it making her a little bit more childish um, scheming being impulsive basically what we see of Lucy now was what the um, radio show wanted. And so... uh, So he really wanted to change the dynamic of the show from the radio show. And so we come with Lucy Ricardo. So Lucy Ricardo, we're introduced to this this crazy, you know, fun-loving, quite ambitious, she wants to be be in her husband's light like show he she wants to be famous she wants to do the song and dance and unfortunately she doesn't have the best singing voice but she's quite a dancer so she anything that her husband says that she can't do she's going to go out and do whatever she wants and so um every episode the 101 episodes that ran you know she's always in some sort of situation where either she's trying to get out of some some kind of bad um, situation or she is planning to do something to get something in the very end. So my question is to both of you, when was the first time you saw I Love Lucy? What are your thoughts about Lucy Ricardo? I don't remember like my first exposure to Lucy Ricardo. I, I think she was just kind of always always there mm-hmm. um, she's such a staple in pop culture at this point mm-hmm. and I again like one of those shows that I watched on Nick at Night quite frequently uh, was I Love Lucy and I just thought she was so great like not only is she gorgeous but she's hilarious and she finds herself in all of these different predicaments um, oh, one that comes to mind is the uh, chocolate factory episode yep, where she's switching. just yeah where she's just completely losing control of everything and so she just decides that hey I'm just going to shove all of these chocolates in my <laughs> mouth then no one's going to notice up, yeah. yeah because she can't keep up <clears throat> and uh, obviously I would remember this episode but the grape stomping episode yep. With the Lucy's Italian movie, yep. yes, yes. Um, it's not a show that I've watched recently, unfortunately, and I find myself kind of questioning, like, why? Because it's such a feel-good show. Mm-hmm. She's so crazy and zany, but the love that uh, is portrayed between Lucy and Desi is just so warm and so nice, and mm-hmm. it makes for just such a well-rounded show. 
I believe that you kind of touched based on it a little bit, but I believe that this was actually like the first interracial yep, it is. like That's what I was marriage yeah. on television, mm-hmm. which especially for the fifties, so yeah, early skin. Well, th- that's why CBS was he- very hesitant about it, and during my favorite husband they wanted uh richard denning who was playing lucy's husband on the show um jello was one of their sponsors and jello mm-hmm. dropped their dropped it because they found out like her husband was cuban so philip morris at the time cigarette company jumped in to really kind of boost the show because they they weren't really hesitant but they they could see the potential which mm-hmm. which was nice to see especially you know a lot of I know that Jello was like, "How can a all American white woman be with a Latin lover?" Kind of thing. Like they kind of just didn't like that idea. Well, I mean, they were definitely an odd couple mm-hmm. by every well, stretch of I the sense. Uh, you know, uh, they at a first glance you would think that wow, these two wouldn't have anything in common. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, she's striving to be a star slash comedian slash she's just completely bonkers, yeah. you know, and he's this suave, like Latin lover in a band, Babalu, <laughs> not to be confused with Bombaleo, but Babalu, um, Oh my you Lord. know they just, <laughs> they just seemed to be quite the opposites mm-hmm. at times, but at the same time, like I feel like they both brought certain qualities to enrich each other's lives. Yeah. Like, you know, I, I, Desi's life would be a lot uh, smoother <laughs> without Lucy in it, but yeah. it would definitely be more boring. Yeah, and. Desi kind of keeps Lucy grounded a little yep. bit and you know she goes off on all of these crazy escapades but can always come home to to Desi and not to stray too too much but I love Ethel oh my god I, love, I love Lucy's friendship with Ethel like everyone needs that gal pal to just kind of bounce crazy ideas off mm-hmm. of and partake of some of those crazy ideas and most of the shenanigans that takes place like the yep. I'm totally going to hack this up with the vitamin-a-given... Vitamin-a-measurement. Yes, that! (laughs) Like, Ethel's always there, like, just kind of, like, providing the moral support or lack thereof. She's just like, yeah, I'll go all along with it. Like, she was in the factory with the chocolates mm-hmm. and she was also stomping up the grapes for the wine and stuff. Like, she's always, always there. Kind, yeah. Yeah, but, I mean, at the same time, like, everyone needs that friend. Yeah. You know, and Ethel was that friend for Lucy and, you know, Lucy kind of dragged her into these super crazy predicaments, but at the same time, like, Ethel gave her a shoulder to lean on. Mm-hmm. So even if like Lucy got in trouble, they got in trouble together. So at least she wasn't alone. Yeah. And I just, I don't know. I just, I love that. I've always wanted my Ethel. Yeah. You know, um, kind of like my, my shoulder to lean on mm-hmm. while doing all of my crazy, crazy <laughs> antics and stuff. And yeah. it's crazy that this show, I, I feel like it lasted longer than it actually did. I feel like it's been on forever. Well, when it came, it did for about six seasons, and then they did hour shows after, which, you know, to keep it up. And by the end, um, in real life, Desi and Lucy had broken, they got a divorce after 20 years. So, right. 
so the you know the the end of that show the end of their marriage i mean it was just a coincidence that all of it came together but yeah i you know they did a lot of episodes i think what season one there was 36 episodes right that's what i'm saying like there are a lot of episodes of i love lucy so it felt like some of these seasons went on forever yeah so if it feels like it went on for a lot longer than it actually did and watching some of the reruns of these shows i mean and that's another thing too these these characters are so timeless especially lucy like everyone knows who lucille ball is Mm -hmm. and everyone knows her as lucy you know um it's just so iconic and so timeless and the rewatch value is there like you could watch it years ago or you can watch it today and Mm -hmm. still laugh at the same jokes the same things because she's and, and she was brilliant this was a brilliantly written character yeah like the timing was perfect and lucille ball was just well, they put Everything. a lot of people would think, oh, a lot of the stuff was ad-libbed. And it wasn't because Lucy was or Lucille was very kind of like she's a perfectionist. She wanted mm-hmm. to make sure that like the timing was right, making sure that like everybody knew their cue. I know Desi Arnaz only read the script once and was all set for the when the filming. So they would go straight through 30 minutes with live audience. And if there, w- there was barely any reshots during the, the process of the show. So they, she was just, it was all about the comedic timing. And Lucille Ball really captured that with Lucy where, you know, it seemed like everything that Lucy was doing was ad-libbed, but it wasn't. It was, it was just perfect. All I can think of right structure. now is... There's this movie called Rat Race, and there's this scene where some people join a bus full of Lucy impersonators on this way to, like, a convention. Mm -hmm. And that's another thing I wanted to talk about is the iconic look that Lucy had. The red hair, the pearls, the navy blue and white polka dot dot dress. dress. Like, that is something that lives on. And whenever, you know, you see something like that... You think of Lucy. Mm-hmm. You really do. and Like the time that Mo was selling clams with Lucy's face on it? Yeah. Like clamshells? <laughs> yeah. So what about you, Patrick? See, I, I never really was into this show. Um, I mean, I'd watch it occasionally if, like, my mom was watching it or whatever. But, like, it was never like, oh, man, I got to get home and watch I Love Lucy. I mean, there were some funny parts, like, when Lucy's pregnant and she's and they're, they're all... Fred and Ethel and 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 uh, uh, Ricky. Ricky. I, I wanted to call him Desi. I knew that was <laughs> that's his real name, but they were all like, they're all like uh, trying to prepare and like he's playing the Ricky's playing the part of uh, of Lucy and he's like the time has come like they <laughs> like they're all trying to be like okay we're gonna do this and that and then she finally comes out of the bedroom she's like guys I think it's and then, like everybody starts freaking yeah. out even though they just like spent. 20 minutes going over and over and over the mm-hmm. exact same thing like how they were going to handle it and she couldn't couldn't do it couldn't do it just like everybody freaked out um but i think while i wasn't like a huge lucy fan i was a fan of the people that uh came after her and kind of like she paved the way for like a carol burnett yeah uh lily tomlin mm-hmm. like Ladies like that that, you know, were incredibly talented, incredibly funny. Like, the Carol Burnett show was, like, just 
one of the funniest things I've ever seen. Um, a lot of um, with the Carol Burnett show, Luce, uh, Lucille Ball was actually kind of like an advisor mm-hmm. on that show, so she really did help her pave that way. Yeah, I mean it's it's one of the it's it's something that you don't even see now, where you know it's a a show where. You know, there's a woman who has 100% complete control over, like, the creative direction. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's like, okay, well, my husband's going to be on the show. And, I mean, you just, you don't see that now. And this is, you know, the late, the mid to late 50s. Like, mm-hmm. you know, especially with a uh, uh, an interracial couple. Like, this is like, you know, this isn't something you saw. Like, you know, you watch, you know, Lassie, where everybody's white. And you watch... You know, uh, leave it to Beaver and, and my three sons and Father Knows Best and all these yeah. like wholesome shows where everybody's white and you know, you know maybe occasionally you saw a black guy, but they were either like way off in the distance or they're doing like some sort of menial job because that was the time like that's how everybody was portrayed. Like this show broke a lot of molds and and really like set up the future of of comedy you know especially you know giving people like i said like carol burnett you know this platform like hey if she could do it you know i know i'm funny because i'm sure there were a lot of incredibly talented you know uh ladies that were on you know like vaudeville and and you know stuff like that but they never really got the chance to you know transition from like say silent film or 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 stage acting or radio acting the mm-hmm. way Lucille Ball did and you know it was kind of like a perfect storm of, 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 of events where you know she just broke this mold like you guys were saying and paved the way for you know the future that we see now like as much as I can't stand her Melissa McCarthy owes a lot of her career to Lucille Ball yeah and another thing that I loved about Lucy Ricardo, the character, is that she wasn't afraid to be pretty, but she wasn't afraid to get ugly for comedy. Yeah. And I think that definitely has a lot to do with Lucille Ball. She wasn't afraid to get dirty. There was yeah. a lot of episodes where she would start out, hair perfect, yeah. the pearls, dress perfectly, you know, steam pressed and everything in yeah. place. And by the end of it, her hair was a mess. And covered she was a mess. Yeah. yeah. Covered in something. Dirt. Flour. Yeah. Grapes. Chocolate. Like, you name it. She's been covered in it for the most part. Yeah. Not dirty, by the way. Um, and she, but she wasn't afraid to kind of go there yeah. for comedy. And it led a lot. I mean, it made the character so incredibly likable. Mm-hmm. The fact that she wasn't afraid to go there yeah. and she wasn't afraid to kind of mess herself up mm-hmm. in a world of Donna Reed's and June Cleaver's, the perfect, you know, high, you know, little kitten heels and aprons and pearls. Like, yeah, sure. Lucy wore all that, but then she, Messed like, it all yeah, up, you know, yeah. and 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 she didn't she didn't care, and she was willing to go that extra mile for the joke, yeah. and that was just so I, like I appreciate that still to this day. Yeah, I mean Lucille Ball, she went from being a model, and then she got steady worked, and then she realized in order for her to be in movie, she's she had to do the physical comedy because that was earning her the paycheck, and you know she 
playing Lucy Ricardo and all the shit that she gets herself into, like there's um, a wonderful episode where called the gossip. It's in season one. And in the beginning, Lucy is on the phone and she's learning about the gossip that uh, what's going on. And so she Ricky's like, you can't go out. You can't tell gossip like you can't keep it in. So she goes into the bedroom, tapes her mouth. She comes out and Ethel's like, I heard about the gossip. And for about a three minute um, segment, Lucy is acting out, physically acting out like um, the latest gossip that's going around town, like how a friend of theirs found her husband cheating on her. And it's just one of the funniest moments. It's not one of the most popular ones, but you see uh, Lucille shine through with her physical comedy and that one that's one of my favorite ones and then the episode with Harpo Mark um, which is in season four. Oh yes that's yes. one of the few that I've seen and I remember mm-hmm. watching that one when they're making faces at each other yep. and shit oh, I was watching God. that earlier which um, little side fact Harpo Mark was not happy having to re- redo the scene multiple times because he was very much like if I did it once that's it so with Lucille Ball being the perfectionist that she is wanted to rehearse it over and over and over again um I don't do two takes amateurs (laughs) like you do two takes yeah um there's just so much that Lucille Ball's life is ingrained in Lucy Ricardo um Lucy Ricardo is an Irish slash um, Scottish native. Like, that's her ancestry. Same with Lucille Ball. They grew up in the same town of Jamestown, New York. They eloped like uh, Desi and Lucille eloped just like how... um, So art imitating life. Yeah, basically. A lot of um, the people in the show was based on Lucy's family and friends and there was a lot of moments on the show that kind of paved way um we didn't see pregnancy be shown in television shows and this one they didn't say they couldn't say the word pregnant they said that she had to be expecting which is um crazy that they would do that and i know desi a little side note desi the episodes that were kind of geared towards lucy being pregnant they had a priest a rabbi and a minister on the shows kind of like in the background making sure that nothing was offensive and it was just it it's just another notch of how they kind of changed way of how things were done in hollywood and television shows and um another thing about her being pregnant a lot of people don't know this but lucille and desi had had multiple miscarriages so when um in one of the episodes lucy is in trice which is in french pregnant um where ricky ricardo is in the nightclub and he finds out someone's pregnant so he's singing the song like who's having my baby um he sees lucy and he asks her oh are you pregnant and she had been trying to tell him all day that she was pregnant and he did and like the genuine reaction that they had the crying and stuff they 
didn't re- realize that they had gone too far and they wanted to kind of redo it because they were kind of embarrassed but they kept it because it showed just how much Lucy Lucille and Desi's life had been changed like they had tried having children they had one daughter and then they finally found out they were having another kid which they worked around that pregnancy in real life because lucy was pregnant at the time lucille was pregnant at the time and they wanted to write that into the show and the date that lucy gave birth was the same day that little ricky was born and it actually 76 percent of viewers were watching that over president eisenhower being um sworn into inaugurated yeah which is crazy. Well, I mean, can you blame them, though? No. Like, what's more entertaining? Like, Lucille Ball or freaking Eisenhower? <laughs> That's true. And they took a gamble on if the baby was going to be a boy or a girl. And so on the show, they were like, oh, we're going to make her make the baby a boy. And they joked about it in the newspapers at the time. Like, oh, Lucille, follow the script. She also had a boy. Um it's just it's nice for me personally when I was watching it it was nice to see a female centered show like as a kid like you know everybody had like a group or had boys were kind of being or the male were dominating the shows but for me when I was a kid just seeing a female kind of having her own show and doing all these crazy things like she's been told no I can't do that and she goes off and like I'm gonna do it I'm gonna go into Ricky's shows and I'm gonna make a, make make myself a star or you know if I want to buy that dress I'm gonna buy my dress and it was just really nice seeing that as a kid and just seeing such an empowered female and seeing how she her character is you know kind of paved way for a lot of female characters in comedy as well and it's just it's nice to see like shows now like like SNL you obviously you can see some Lucy references or Lucy kind of character developments in some of the characters that they do or comedy shows out there that are on now um uh I mean it's one of those if if Throwdown Thursday had a dollar for every time an I Love Lucy like episode or incident was referenced, mm-hmm. like Mr. Wolfenstein could could just quit his job. Like <laughs> because you know, we would be rich because, you know, they do it a lot. Mm-hmm. They do it a lot. Like even when you don't realize it, I mean granted it's taken um a different form at this point Mm -hmm. but it still kind of has like that underlying like I love Lucy like undertone Mm -hmm. to it like you know what they're referencing yeah you know so like it's it's crazy how it's just kind of even still to this day like I don't know 60 years after Mm -hmm. the show aired you know that it's still making an impact in pop culture yeah and for me, if I, whenever I have children or if I ever have children, they'll be raised on watching this stuff. Like, I wouldn't have it any other way. And um, I just, I, growing up, I always wanted to be Lucy, just being just crazy and just getting into trouble, which, like, never really happened. But just, just her personality, her passion, her determination on the show was just so inspiring like you know she did what she wanted and yeah sometimes she got scolded for it but you know she 
wanted to feel like an equal on that show especially with her husband like her husband wanted her to be a housewife like to have that all-american you know ideal dream and she was just like you know like i'm i'm yeah i'm cooking i'm cleaning but i also want to have a life too and it was kind of nice especially i'm sure like kids when they were at that age watching that show was and some girl young girls were like hey i want to she got she got to do stuff like that i want to do that too and you were gonna say something no i was just gonna ask you so what do you love about this character like like what drew you to this character and why do you love it so much um that's a good question um i just love her personality and the way that you know she's determined and she's ambitious and she does all these things to you know what piques her interest like there's an episode where she's writing a novel and she doesn't care what anybody says because you know she's writing a novel and despite her um her friends and her husband kind of just like putting her down she continues on and that's admirable um there's a an episode episode called the operette and she writes an operette for her um kind of charity her kind of club that she does and she takes control of everything that happens and she she gets into some sticky situations which is just really funny and you know for me it's just i love this kind of stuff like i love the old hollywood the classic hollywood and i don't know every time i think of lucy i just think of happiness and laughing and just pure comedy just this woman who she gets in herself in sticky situations and like i you know sometimes i get some stuck in sticky situations and i've got a i like one of my friends is basically my ethel and we just get into some crazy shit and do some crazy shit this kk it is kk kk and i get some into some crazy shit and um i don't know it's just it's a lot of like my childhood just watching that and brings a lot of memories for me and um it's one of the funny things is lucy on the show she's all she gets kind of nervous around celebrities which i also get nervous around celebrities like i she gets like um in season four when they go to hollywood and she meets all these different celebrities like william holden in the episode um la at last where she basically is like freaking out that she sitting next to him at the brown derby and then he's basically watching her and she's so nervous and apprehensive and then later on in the episode william holden comes over to their hotel room because um ricky uh is working on a movie down there and he brings william holden and lucy is just like oh my god i can't deal with him like give me a couple minutes so she basically puts a disguise on did she get a bloody nose no but her nose got on fire because she was, <laughs> she was william holden like so you guys really are alike <laughs> yeah we really are and she like she was like freaking out and hugged hugged william holden i'm like oh god it's like me hugging freaking dominic cooper i was like oh my god i'm holding you it's it's just it's really funny and um if you're not into the show or if you've never seen it hulu has it on most of the episodes not a lot of them um hulu has it amazon has it and i actually have some recommendations for 
um, favorite Lucy episodes. I mean, there is Lucy does the TV commercial, which is probably the most iconic one. And a little fun fact, Lucille Ball was nervous doing that episode because vitamin of vegemin is a really hard word to say and having to I can't say it. <laughs> <laughs> and so she, you know, she was nervous about having to say it multiple times and then having to say it when she's quote unquote drunk because there's like 26% alcohol in that medicine and she had to take it multiple times. Um, job switching, which is the candy factory, factory one and Lucy's Italian movie with the um, grape stomping um, scene. But for me, number one, a lot of a lot of the list comes from season one. I think that's her best season of the show and a lot, it shows a lot of Lucy, Lucy uh, Ricardo's comedic and everything. Number one, Lucy thinks that Ricky is trying to murder her, which is really funny. Um, two, the kleptomaniac. Number three, Ricky thinks he's getting bald, where she basically puts Ricky in this kind of like torturous um, gag where he's thinking he's bald and she's like putting eggs on his head and putting mayonnaise and taking like all these like really dangerous machinery and just trying to like make make him like think oh Ricky you're not going bald but I'll put you through this hell and it's really funny number four the gossip number five redecorating the Mertz's apartment where uh, one of the funny scenes is that is they're in the Mertz's, uh, Mertz's apartment and she had ripped open the couch and Fred had oh, turned on the um, fan and all the feathers are all over the place sticking onto the wall um, number six Lucy's lear- Lucy learns to drive number seven LA at last number eight Harpo Marks nine the great train robbery and number 10 Lucy and Superman so if you really want to tr- get into Lucy or just want a good laugh it's a great show to you know make you smile if you're having a shitty day lucy ricardo will make you feel a little bit better so um anything else patsy you're good no i think that's it i think you covered all the ones that i'm aware of like i said i'm not you know i wasn't really into it Mm -hmm. you know it wasn't like a a main staple in my house but you know the stuff that i have seen you know is definitely some good stuff it's classic stuff and like i said you know it paved the way for so much more so yeah all right, so on that note, we're going to head to a break. We have a battle. We've gotten a fact. We've got some wine, and I think we got a file. So stay tuned, and we'll be right back.
Welcome back. So before we get into any of our normal wrap-up, um, Patsy, earlier year, or I think last episode, you mentioned about doing characters that our listeners would want us to do. Yeah, we had a. I actually got a uh, uh, a request from uh, our good buddy uh, Dane Under because mm-hmm. uh, he'd like to, he'd like us to do the Terminator. Mm-hmm. And there's there's five Terminator films, but I feel like you can get everything you need to get with just the first two. So I think uh, we are going to talk about uh, you know in, in a couple of weeks we're going to talk about the Terminator mm-hmm. uh, as portrayed by uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger in uh, the 1984 and the 1991 films. Uh, but before we do that, uh, there has recently been a new addition to the Marvel Cinematic Universe in the uh, standalone film uh, Spider-Man Homecoming. Mm-hmm. And that character is, of course, uh, Aunt May. And uh, she is played by... Uh, Marissa Tomei, Oscar winner Marissa Tomei. Uh, but no, that's not who we're going to talk about. We're actually going to talk about the titular character, uh, Captain Homecoming. So he's a very uh, he's he's not a well known Marvel character. But no, that that was supposed to be funnier than it actually was. But no, we're going to be covering Spider Man next week. We may or may not have a guest. I don't know if we will. But uh, either way, we're going to be covering Spider Man and Spider Man. Spider-Man. After that, we will be discussing uh, the Terminator. So I think that's uh, that's going to be an interesting one because Nicole, you haven't seen that movie. No, but I've heard the references and whatnot, so this will be interesting. Um, but if you, like Patsy said before, and multiple times on the show, if there's a character that you really want us to discuss or talk about, please send us. You know, send us suggestions. We're always welcome to learning something new. And if you want to be part of the show, you're always more than welcome to come on the show and let us know. Like, give us the deets on your favorite character. And Did you say the deets? The deets. Oh yes, the deets of your favorite character. Because, you know, there's some characters that we don't know. And if you're highly, highly um, informed of them, we want to hear them. How about Lydia deets? Oh, there you go. <laughs> yeah. I myself am strange and unusual. Yeah. I know. I know uh, My whole life is a dark room. Yeah. <laughs> One know, big dark room. I know a guest who would want to be on that show. Yeah. I would totally be game for that. Um, but yeah, let us know. We will probably do in the future another kind of fan appreciation month where we take your suggestions and we'll, you know, learn about characters that you want us to learn about. So. And maybe we'll have you on because, yeah. you know, we like you. It yeah, depends on who you are. No, we like you. No, I meant like about having people on because sometimes people's schedules don't work out on the same day that, that we can have them on. But we sure, will we can, do as much we as we can. We're willing to work We're flexible things. here. I'm not. I pulled something the other day just standing up. Well, is that what I have to look forward to now that I'm older? Oh, my God. You're like a decade behind me. (laughs) All right. So 
for our battle. Ashes, are you ready? I am so ready. Are you ready? I I am ready for this Wait, challenge. How are we? How are we counting? Three, two, one. Three, two, one. Okay, ready. ready? Three, two, one. It's a motherfucking throwdown. So, what is our battle? Because <laughs> I don't remember. Okay, so our battle for this week, we are kind of kicking it back a week. Uh, remember last week we talked about Game of Thrones? We are right smack dab in the beginning of season seven. I'm excited. I hope you are too. If you are a fan, this battle is for you. It is the quest for the Iron Throne. Who will rule the Seven Kingdoms? Will it be Danny, Daenerys, Jon Snow, Cersei Lannister, Littlefinger, you're on Greyjoy or no one. And not like faceless person, no y- one. Yeah, not like, like Arya Stark. Like I am, literally the girl is not no a one. person. Like, like no one. Like, like th- and We're not talking about just for season seven. Who do you think will ultimately rule, sit on the Iron Throne? It is the quest for the throne in a battle. Who's going to win? Hit us up on the Facebook page. Let us know. And uh, speaking of last week's episode, let us know who your favorite Game of Thrones characters are. Are you as excited and like just super enthralled with Game of Thrones as we are? Let us know. Like, hit us up. Let's 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 spread chat. some Jason Momoa around. Oh my god! I can't <laughs> believe we didn't talk about Carl Drago as I'm hitting Agent Nicole. Oh my god! We did not talk about Jason Momoa. We only had an hour and a half. Oh. Jason well, we can make Momoa. it up now. <laughs> no, we Jason, have to get our, our we have to get Jason our science Momoa. fact and our wine fact and our Agent Nicole oh finals. It's true. Momoa. This is true. So yeah, our uh, new battle this Thursday's throwdown quest for the Iron Throne. Who will rule the Seven Kingdoms? Daenerys, Jon Snow, Cersei, Littlefinger, Euron Greyjoy, or no one? We will let us know in the polls. We will leave it open so that. You know, if somebody wants to add someone that we didn't mention, yes. you can do that as well. You can vote for somebody that we have on there, or you can vote for someone else. Like we someone won't yell at you. Random. So, uh, yeah, we'll do that. We'll get that set up for you. Maybe one of us will be on the Iron Throne list. I would. <laughs> All right. You guys ready for our individual segments? All right, Patsy, you go first. From the blackness of space. Timeless from the void. You terrified to learn of Patsy's science facts. <laughs> do a little thing called a callback because I was talking about crustaceans and crabs and lobsters earlier in the episode. So my science fact today is to debunk the popular myth that lobsters are biologically immortal. Uh, While it is true that throughout their entire lives, lobsters continue eating, growing, and reproducing, uh, they are not immortal. Uh, As a lobster ages, it molts uh, less and less often like in its first year of existence it'll molt seven times which means it sheds its shell it actually sheds all of its organs as well so it's almost like a completely new organism um, as it gets older though it takes more and more and more energy to go through the molting process and as a result that's usually if a, if a lobster were to live to an old age and it's not eaten by a predator or caught in a trap 
Uh, it it's will, a trap. Yes, Admiral Akbar doesn't swoop in. Um, it'll die attempting to molt because it just keeps growing and growing. But uh, eventually, the stress of I'm molting. Molting, molting. Uh, and as a bonus oh, science world. fact, the largest lobster ever caught. Uh, was caught in Nova, so- Nova Scotia in 1977, weighed 44 pounds, 6 ounces, and measured 3.5 feet in length, and was delicious with butter. Was it a rock lobster? It wasn't a rock lobster. Uh, so that's, that's my science fact for today. The uh, lobsters are not immortal. Uh, they will... They will... Uh, End up in my stomach. Die mm. eventually. Yum. Valor more lobsterous. All lobsters, <laughs> <must> <laughs> lobster, more ghoulis. There we go. Oh, good grief! All right, Ashes, are you ready? Oh, I'm always ready. <laughs> Welcome to the vineyard of nightmares. So, cats and kittens, it is summer, and it is hot, and one of the things that I absolutely love to drink during summer is a nice cold glass of sangria. However, sometimes you just don't really want to put in the effort to make yourself a nice batch of sangria. You just want something instant. You want it now. So that is why today I am talking about Yellowtail's Red Sangria. It is inspired by the traditional drink of Spain. Yellowtail Sangria combines premium red wine, sweet red wine, uh, with a splash of citrus for a party starter in a bottle. Uh, The flavor is uh, obviously red wine with lemon, uh, hints of lime, and definitely a nice strong orange flavor as well, but not too overpowering, which is really good. It is best enjoyed chilled, uh, either over ice or, you know, right out of the fridge and is best topped with a diced lemon or an orange. I love it. I think it is fantastic. Even Patsy drinks it. Uh, if I do not have time to make my signature sangria, which, which will booze you, like we, <laughs> o- I opened the fridge and the fumes hit me, like I took a shot of it. Which maybe someday, kitties, I will uh, share my recipe with you. But until then, it is top secret. Uh, so, if I don't have time. To make my own sangria, which is pretty much a day process because you kind of have to let it sit because of the, all the alcohol and stuff. If you want a not-so-alcoholic sangria, uh, just wine, I highly recommend uh, Yellowtail Red Sangria. They also have a white sangria, too. That's pretty... It's pretty good. Uh, but, I mean, we all know I love the red wines, so I'm a little biased. So, yeah, Yellowtail Red Sangria. Definitely uh, look it up. It's, it has um, a kangaroo on the bottle. It does. It's 
from Australia, and it has a little kangaroo on the bottle. It's is, really um, cute. How much is it? It is roughly okay. So you can either buy the normal sized bottle, mm-hmm. which is about like six bucks, or you can buy the ashes sized bottle, which is roughly two and a half to three bottles uh, in one large bottle, mm-hmm. and that's roughly like nine ninety nine. So wow, for, yeah. Yeah, so it's definitely worth it. Um, for most people, they can get a few, you know, it'll last them a few days. For me, it lasts me an afternoon, a very refreshing afternoon. Um, so, yeah, Yellowtail uh, Red Sangria. Definitely look it up at your local uh, liquor store. I want it now. It's so good. It's that's it so good. I don't have any at my house right now because I drank it, but come over sometime and we'll totally have some. You can come I over, am- watch Terminator, and, uh, and drink sangria come over and watch game of thrones and we'll have sangria we'll drink and we'll know things yes okay i'm good with that um play my music please nicole agent And there are wonderful movies. If you like fast cars, great music, a crazy bunch of misfits, don't watch any of the Fast and the Furious films. I got a better film for you. Um, It came out a couple of weeks ago. Edgar Wright, we had a discussion about him a couple of episodes ago. Well, he came out with a new movie called Baby Driver. Stars Ansel Elkhart, Jamie Foxx, Lily James, the Hamaconda, John Hamm, Kevin Spacey. It is a great film. I watched it, and the soundtrack really makes the film amazing. If you're into 60s, 70s, kind of, you know, jazzy blues music, it really plays off. So if you don't know what the film's about, it is about um, this kid. He gets he's a getaway driver he works for a crime boss and he finds himself taking part in a doomed heist so it is a great film it's actually on Rotten Tomatoes I think it's at 97% um, have you guys seen it I'm not sure you can no. okay so not yet but it's definitely on our list and I'm really 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 hoping we have the opportunity to see it soon because I mean hello John Hamm oh my god I don't right? wanna, I, the I don't, Hamaconda so is this the prequel or sequel to Boss Baby I haven't seen Boss Baby, but I'm probably going to say the sequel because it's awesome. But I don't know. I've never seen Boss Baby. That's the animated thing where... Yeah, uh, I know. It's with Alec Baldwin. Yeah. I don't think it's related. No, I know. It's not. I heard... Speaking of sequel, I heard rumor that they're already talking about a sequel. Yeah, Sony really enjoyed the success with this film and they want to make a sequel. Edgar is amazing. It's... It's... I, I mean, I love his films. This film kind of is beating hot fuzz for me. Now, the big question is... Um, How is big so, is Johnny? <laughs> well, we will talk about the Hamaconda later, because there is some Googling and some pictures that we need to see. But um, is Simon Pegg in this? Is the usual band of Edgar Wright Simon people? Pegg is... If you are looking for some Pegg, he ain't in this film. But... 
it is it has elements of Wright's kind of writing, his style, and a lot of his style comes with great music. The soundtrack is like my soundtrack of the summer. It's just really it's so good. Like I'm surprised I haven't started dancing in work because it's just so it just makes you want to dance, get on your feet and just walk like he did in the film. It's it's so good. Like Kevin Spacey is wonderful. Jamie Foxx. Like the cast, it's a perfect cast. They all really work together. Um, I was mainly mainly interested in it because of John Hamm, but also Lily James, who, if you're not very familiar with her, she started off in Downton Abbey. She was Cinderella. She's kind of making her way as um, a a Hollywood girl. She's really phenomenal in this film. Actually, the ladies kind of the ladies, the other lady, um, I'm going to butcher her name, Isla Gonzalez. She really, those two, the female in this, the females in this film really kind of made the film as well. So if it's so good. I recommend it to anybody who hasn't seen it. And if you're a fan of Edgar Wright, I think you would really enjoy it. And um, John Hamm, John Hamm and that haircut, Ashes, I think you'd be swooning in that movie theater. Well, I mean, Don Draper does it for me. We have so to do a John, Don I, Draper episode. Oh, absolutely. So I'm very excited to, and I, I, I even love John Hamm in Wet Hot American Summer. Oh my God. So, you know, I, I just love him. I think he's, he's secretly funny. Like yeah. people don't think he's funny because he's known for Don Draper and yeah. Don Draper he's is a not a funny. And yeah, he actually voiced a toilet in mm-hmm. uh, Bob's Burgers. But, um, you know, people don't think he's funny because he played a dramatic role. Like Don yeah. Draper was very like depressed and dramatic and yeah. very dark, but he's actually a really funny person. He is. I he's done a few episodes in Children's Hospital, which was on Adult Swim with uh, Rob Corddry, and he plays like kind of the predecessor of the hospital, um, owning the hospital, and or I think he was no the administrator. He, no, I think he was the owner of the hospital and then he gets killed but he's just freaking hilarious in that show as well so you know a lot of people yeah like you said a lot of people don't see him as being very funny because a lot of his roles are very serious like he was a very serious role in the town um Mm -hmm. the mad men um he's kind of serious in this film but he's also really funny um uh, what else is it? Bridesmaids. Wasn't he in Bridesmaids? He was. He was the fuck buddy in Bridesmaids. <laughs> Uncredited, I believe. But yeah. He'd be a nice fuck buddy. Yeah. Yeah. I'd do it. <laughs> Hi, Patsy. <laughs> On that note. So next week we're talking about Peter Parker. Spider-Man. 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 Does whatever a spider can. <laughs> he spins his web and crochets a scarf. I don't know. Spins a web any size, catches thieves just like flies. Look out. Here comes the Spider Man. All right. Wow. So, you got any thoughts about Spider Man? Send it our way at ThreadOutThursdayPodcast at gmail.com. Could be any Spider Man. Could be Peter Parker, Ben Riley. Could be Miles Morales. What would you like to see? We will cover all the spiders. Is this like Andrew Garfield? Um, Toby Maguire. Yeah, Toby Maguire. Oh my god, I forgot he existed. Tomathan Holland. 
Yeah, I know. I just realized that too. I was like, he's still alive. That's really sad. I know. He hasn't like really done anything. No. Not that I know of. I remember him being Tropic in Thunder. I haven't seen that movie. He's he's in a trailer for a movie yeah. where he's a gay priest with Robert Downey Jr. Isn't Ben Stiller in that movie too? Yes. Oh yes, he is. Okay, yes. Speed Tugman. Didn't that movie like Speedman. bring back Robert Downey Jr.'s career? No, that was Natural Born Killers. I think. Okay. I think. Well, <laughs> as we digress. We will see you, see you next, next Thursday. Thursday. <laughs>